Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to another episode of Do Thanks Just Bought It, the first of 2022. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and I am joined once again by Kate Kennedy of Be There in Five. Kate, hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Gee, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled gee, to be back. Gee, thanks for coming. Um, I feel we just <laughs> talked. We just did an episode of Be There in Five. Um, that was was it one of your longest episodes ever? What did it clock in like two thirty eight? Yeah, I, it was it was pretty long there. And I had to cut stuff out. It was. Yes, that was such a fun episode to do to listen back to. People loved it. We I don't even it's hard to even pinpoint what exactly we talked about. <laughs> Who can say the only thing I have burned into my brain are those boots from <laughs> Rachel Parcell's blog from 10 years ago, now 11 years ago, since we're officially in a new year. We had so much fun. Well, one of the reasons why I brought you on was because. Now it's a new year. I'm thinking about things I'm going to do with, uh, you know, G Thanks just bought it. And I reached out to listeners. I said, you know, like, what are you interested in hearing? Like, what, you know, what more can I do? What can I do less of? And a lot of people said, why don't you just do some like solo episodes, like talking about a product or talking about something that you bought that you loved? I'm down for that. But for some reason, I am absolutely paralyzed and terrified of sitting and talking into a microphone with no one to banter with me. Mm. And I thought, well, why don't I ask Kate, who like literally has just perfected the medium, the craft. I don't know. I feel like, can you teach, is there anything you can teach me about doing? I want to do it. I find myself getting very nervous in a way that talking to somebody else and doing a guest episode does not make me nervous. It's so interesting because I I started solo podcasting by function of like I didn't have a co-host like who was going to co-host this with me. Right. So it was very experimental for me and less intentional. But over time, I realized I like it better mm. uh, because, you know, when like I'm not an interviewer by trade. It's very hard to manufacture chemistry. It's hard to keep two people on the same path. Um, I, I find that like. What was educational for me, I was feeling self-conscious about not having guests at a point, but then I would notice my solo episodes performed better. And I think there's this weirdness where you have to come to terms with like, if you put yourself in a position where you're creating content or a public figure of some kind, and people are consuming what you're making, they're there for you. And, you know, we're all humble and all the things, obviously, but it's okay to indulge and take up the space and to realize that people are listening to hear your perspective mm. and i think that part of the mind fuck is just like being okay with taking up the space and you know being comfortable and confident in just that monologue format because i think 
maybe subliminally, we don't even always realize we're trying so hard to keep it brief, keep it cute, <laughs> keep yeah. it edited. Yeah. And uh, this is your space you created and you can do whatever you want with it. That's terrifying to me. I think that is true, though. I Like I thought about all the different products that I would want to talk about and just thinking like, how could I spend more than like two and a half minutes like saying anything about anything? Um, but which is crazy because I talk so I, I talk constantly both on the show and off the show. But I feel like I would I will freeze when doing it by myself. Uh, I also wonder what you're so good at. And I wonder like how, you know, I would love some behind the scenes of your like sort of production style is that when I talk and especially if no one is there to rein me in or, you know, do a little cooperative overlap with me and, and add things, I feel like I would be like, OK, I'm going to I want to talk to you about this cookie recipe. Well, actually, f- first. OK, well, well, <laughs> and I feel like I would try to start like seven different stories at once and then like no one would actually learn anything and no one would understand what I was saying. And I don't. Uh, do you have notes like do you produce your show like what's your process I I it started as a non-process before enough people were listening to it where I just kind of got to play around and I what was happening is I go on a I mean I go on a ton of tangents I don't reel it in at all but it almost became a game of what I ended up ultimately calling a snorkel as opposed to a deep dive where I inadvertently go through in a a shallow way, like 5 million things instead of diving one thing. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's, again, it's that it's getting past that like uh, sense of disorganization or the need to be edited. Like most verbal media you're consuming is super curated and editorialized and all the things. But I I firmly believe like podcasting is the, you know, some people report the news and some people are, you know, entertainers by trade. I firmly believe I'm in the business of keeping people company. And I don't think it's a bad thing to mirror a person's inner monologue, because I think we're all pretty disjointed in the way we circle around things. Mm. And what you perceive as annoying and disjointed, I think somebody else might find to be relatable. Sure. And what I think is so brilliant about the snorkel model is I'm, I, I'm uncovering parts of my memory that would have otherwise gone extinct. Like, I remember the weirdest shit because I let myself go there. And where else besides therapy can you speak without anybody interrupting and I'm uh, like I'm just constantly turning over rocks in my brain and being like what's under there and it's kind of helped me like honor my life in a way that I kind of just want other people to realize like you're really interesting if you let yourself be there's so much going on that's very honestly I really like that explanation too because I have never found your podcast to be I don't know. I just I mean, one of the reasons why I said, please come on and teach me how to do this was because I feel like you do it so flawlessly. It's interesting to know that like all of the same things plague all of us, which is that, you know, uh, but right. But and when you listen to like a very produced podcast, it's almost like you can't you can't listen to something like that and then draw a comparison to something that like what you're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not doing like a serial type podcast that's like we have research assistants and like a script and like we're just right. we're just chatting like I'm at the bar and we have like stories to tell and that's just like right. a totally different craft I, I do feel that I will get to a place where I'm like maybe I fear that I might be try, I might try to make it something that it's not for fear that just sitting here and talking about something that I bought or something that everyone else is buying is like not enough interesting content but it it gives me hope that you said that those are the episodes that perform better for you or when you were like 
starting mm-hmm. out and you were doing like more guest stuff that the stuff that you did by yourself was what people wanted to hear. I feel like that often happens in life. Like when we talked about on my episode, uh, like how everybody entered into the blogosphere with the rubric of cupcakes and cashmere, like, you know, leather and lace or whatever. (laughs) And I I feel like people see something that works and is successful and try to mimic it. And in many cases it works. But like anytime I was trying to mimic other podcasts, it like wasn't working. Yeah. and and so I, that's kind of just uh, four years in, I kind of lean into like my, where my natural instinct lies because at this point enough people are uh, trusting in the process that I can kind of know that they'll support where what I'm interested in that week or what I'm talking about. But with the product thing, I think it's actually really like I almost like to play this game where if, if like you pick two totally disjointed things and like w- w- walk through the mental gymnastics of getting from one to the other. And that's kind of a fun place to start of like, how do I, what do I want to start this episode with? What do I want to end it? And how, Mm. what are all the windy ways I'll go to get there? And I think that can kind of be a fun exercise that kind of keeps you on track too and forces you to look for connections. Yeah. So I don't outline so much as I'll I'll be like, I have a bigger point or I want to talk about two to three things. And I'm just, and I try to be honest about walking myself back. Like, okay, so how did I get from you know, talking about the Dyson Airwrap to Turtle Creek Lane's Valentine's decorations. Sure. Let's reel it back in. Was it talking about her hair, you know, high to the heavens? Was right. I talking about, like, you, you? and then you kind of just can trace. I think there is a bit of self-regulation into how far off course you go. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, what's funny to me, too, with you, like, I feel like you and I could talk about anything forever. Yeah. And you could have that same dialogue with yourself, 100%. I, 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 I honestly, I often do. I just don't record it. And I think that that, that will be, I think the, um, you know, the performance of it. And when you get in front of the mic, all of a sudden you feel like you have to do something uh, performatively. It's like writing. It's like when you're writing because you know someone else is going to read it, you, you do like a little like Mm -hmm. cosplay as like, I am a real writer. And that's how I feel when I turn the mic on. But I truly have no problem talking and plenty of things to talk about I think probably what will end up happening I think like anything is like the first couple solo episodes I do will be like hopefully vastly different from anything that I do in like six months from now like it'll Mm -hmm. be a little clunky I will be like a little shaky and then I'll get used to it um but and I think what people won't even notice on the other like I think it's such a big deal for you but people are Mm -hmm. used to hearing your voice and the lack of dialogue won't actually be that jarring Sure. I think I've heard people say it's relaxing to not hear dialogue. Interesting. Just want to hear yeah. a stream of thought. Like, uh, yes, I get that feedback a lot. Like, it's um, calming. And, uh, you know, this is probably not a great thing that a lot of people fall asleep listening to me. But I think that there's <laughs> something, like, soothing about – because, like, I'm, a, I'm so um, hyper – like, you know when you're watching two people have a conversation and you feel awkward for them? Oh, Yeah. I, there's something about when I'm listening to a podcast and I feel like they're on a topic for too long or not landing a plane or not vibing. I'm like paying attention to the social dynamics and I'm not even like enjoying and absorbing the entertaining piece. And sure. I think that people like a single narrator because you kind of control the pace and cadence and, uh, you know, natural chemistry with yourself. <laughs> okay. And I, and I love me and we have, uh, we, uh, we love me. having things to talk about. I always, I feel like I'm remembering, remember that scene from Best in Show where Jennifer Coolidge is like, we can always find something to talk or not talk about. I feel like that is 
me with me. Uh, yes. My I, aim buddy info used to say in college, everything is interesting. <laughs> Only boring people get bored. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Kate, did I ever tell you that I created the, a viral Twitter account that was like a throwback to away messages? No. Yeah, that was like my whole... My whole that was like my first viral thing online was I created the Euroway message Twitter account in 2012. Huh. And just that was 10 years ago now and just like tweeted out they have Matthews band lyrics and the rest is history. Oh, my um, gosh. Make the best of what's around. I know. Celebrate. <laughs> we will because life is short but sweet for certain. <laughs> I think there is like the, the best part about Be There in Five, especially at the beginning of a new year is that you have been asking people for what they want to hear about. And one of the things, like from a nostalgia perspective, and I'm going to say it on my podcast in hopes that people who listen to G Thanks will help me pile on to you to talk about this. In your senior year yearbook, did mm -hmm. you guys have to do the little paragraph where you like picked a favorite quote and mm -hmm. like shouted out your friends? And it was like a very big deal. That was like your lasting legacy and you I don't know that was such a thing in my school and with my friend group and like you know would you do friends initials would you do like shorthand would you thank your parents do you thank your t and it's like a whole thing but everyone always picked a quote or like a lyric to end it and I feel like celebrate we will because life is short but sweet for certain was like a senior yearbook quote in the like early early 2000s um Oh yeah, and I would love for, I would love a nostalgic snorkel into the world of high school seniors of a certain time trying to leave mm. their mark on, you know, their their legacy in high school. But I remember like a, a, I went to a very like jam band like kids in my school were like very into like I don't know string cheese incident and jam bands mm, and like totally. and it was just a it was like a lot of like deadhead stickers on like BMWs mm. driven by 16 year olds and there's just like a lot to unpack there but a I always tapestries think tapestries and basements a, lo a lot of tapestries and basements a lot of hemp a lot of hemp mm -hmm. a lot of puka shells um and wearing shorts with those Birkenstock clogs without socks Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't know. I just would like love. I would love to hear you talk for two hours about that because that's a. I could totally talk about stoner culture as a person who never was a stoner for two and a half hours. I'll happily join you because same. And I wanted to be so badly, but I was afraid of getting addicted to weed. <laughs> I didn't like how it smelled, and mm. I like and yeah. I I kind of wonder sometimes if we'll. Um, look back on m marijuana being illegal and romanticize it in like restaurants in the same way every bar is a speakeasy and we're like, ooh, prohibition. Are we going to be like, ooh, remember when weed was illegal and we're going to have bars that are like tapestry basements? Yes, definitely. And like, and I like think overstuffed cracked leather chairs that smell like weed. I think uh, 100%, especially because all of our parents could drink at 18 and they changed the drinking age, like, I don't know, in the 80s or something. And so, like, you know, that was – I feel like all of my aunts and uncles are always like, oh, yeah. Like, we oh, – freshman year of college, we are always at the bar. You guys want to Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. I mean, truly. Well, I think another uh, high school senior snorkel thing that's interesting that I did once on Instagram that made me LOL was um, senior superlatives. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As somebody mm-hmm. who didn't get one that desperately wanted to be most mm-hmm. likely to be anything, I mm-hmm. would have taken anything. I just mm-hmm. like distinction. Um, but I, I never got one. It was so interesting hearing from people who, like, resented theirs, how they felt about it. So many of them were so inappropriate, like, biggest flirt, nicest stems, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would oh, never yeah. do it now. They would <laughs> never do it now. What? Which one? I, so I reluctantly took, I think, second or third in best sense of humor. And I will never really forget that. Oh, I, tough stuff. What's I number know. one doing now? <laughs> she's not. She's nowhere to be found. So I assume she's not, not out there much. making people laugh. I mean, look, like... <laughs> Angela, if you're out there, I'll, pro- I'll I won't say your last name to protect your identity, but like I'll never forget you from 17 years ago or however long I've been out of high school for. That's crazy that you know you got second. I almost think yeah. it's better to not know what you were in the running for. I know. I know. And and I di- similarly I did get I did get biggest drama queen. Um You did get that? I did, but they took it away before it could be photographed and put in the yearbook because they decided that it wasn't like a kind superlative. But I was like, Mm. I don't care. I'm like, what are you talking about? I am a drama queen. I'm so excited about this. Like I won this fair and square. I honestly got very dramatic about it in, in true drama queen fashion. And I remember my friend Max won biggest drama king and we were very excited to take the picture together, but like what, like best eyes got to stay in the yearbook, best hair. That feels okay. more repressive than drama king and queen. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I feel like the uh <laughs> this is so incredibly random. Uh per the drama piece. I was thinking about that word a lot with like everything I think that it's funny to look back cuz everything like women did that was like disagreeing with one another or like disagreeing with something at one point in time was just labeled like broad strokes drama totally and that was that's kind of a funny thing people don't say anymore of like i guess kind of like laguna beach era like drama 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 um but i love that you wore it as a badge and you wore it with pride i don't think there's really anything else you can do in that situation and and honestly not true to form you did not overreact (laughs) I, I, I really exactly. I, tr- I tried. I wanted to protest. I wanted to stage a walkout of just me. And, you know, it didn't really pan out. I, but I remember being like, I don't understand why we would take it away if the two people who won are excited about it. Like, right. Neither of us are offended. We loved it. We were drama. I mean, we were being recognized for like being shit stirrers. That's excellent. Thank it's, you. It really is excellent. I, I literally I'm so used to like talking about women in that way or like so it, that in that like weird internalized way that like two weeks ago there was this story about <laughs> so stupid there was this story about uh, it, the headline was <laughs> woman goes this is not fun this is not fundamentally funny a woman goes overboard on cruise ship and my initial response was well, what was she being dramatic about yeah like I <laughs> I thought it was an article about a woman, like, taking it a little too far, like, talking too much, being too dramatic on a cruise ship. She hit the buffet too many times. She literally fell off the boat. Greg was like, she fell off the boat. And I was like, oh, (laughs) woman goes overboard. Like, I just, like, I have a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. And possibly her most dramatic, uh, you know, act of all. She fell off her heart. Yeah, I I know. I was like, Jesus, Kate. Um, That's really funny. But I think, too, per the... 
per the products of it all, like, I think there's a G thanks potential of nostalgic products in maybe ways oh, you're not even thinking. Because think of like, um, think of uh, an Olin Mills school picture package as the product. Mm. You know, there's a lot there with your family, socioeconomic status, how much your parents love you, how into yourself you are. Did you get a mouse pad? All that. Oh, yeah. And then, but and also just like how it, you know, it was, so, it was quantity over quality. So everybody's pictures sucked, but there was always this level of like being very excited for school pictures. I remember one year the photographer was like, tilt your head. And so my picture is literally like me with my head yes. at a full 90 degree angle. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was always there's... a strange man brushing your bangs slightly off your face. Yes. I'm like, stop touching me. I know. And But then there's also like, if that, if not that, then a cowlick. So you know, pick your poison. Um, there's ton- there's tons of that. And I see that when I follow um, mom bloggers who are like, oh, this is the thing that like inexplicably my 11 year old daughter is like, we only these are the co-. I mean, I remember like having uh, you put something about a trapper keeper on your Instagram story the other mm-hmm. day. It's like five star. I was I remember like uh, I bought a marble notebook like a few weeks ago for something just to have like a to do list, like kind of scratch pad. And just thinking about how like there were years where it was like, I'm not going we it's five star notebooks or nothing like Mm -hmm. I'm not do not buy me a marble notebook like it was so (laughs) ingrained like just like cool binders like cool the 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 five star zip binder and you'd write in jelly pen all over it. Uh, I would love to show up to school with rose art markers. Yeah. Oh, my God. You cannot. I remember Rose Art, mem- I firmly believe is the Android of like to the Crayola iPhone. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? That's true. Oh, that's true. We have Rose Art markers. Oh yeah. They always I, dried out. They always dried out. They came dry. You know, they you didn't even yeah, get like, one those- good you didn't even get one good picture <laughs> they out of them. Came dry. They came dry. <laughs> I'm remembering on my seat member when you'd carry around a hundred CDs in your C D, mm-hmm. you know, binder. And I remember I had a one from five star also that zipped up and i remember in silver jelly metallic pen i wrote all of the lyrics to the elephant love song from moulin rouge on the (laughs) (laughs) entire binder yeah it's got to eat uh, yeah like and but like interstitials (laughs) yes of course right uh all you need is what are you doing get down from there and like (laughs) i think i still have it somewhere um oh yeah like right all you need is love 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 is all i was made for love and you baby i mean i could sing you the elephant love song medley should we try i honestly yeah that's the entire episode is kate and i are now gonna you want to be you and mcgregor and nicole kidman Uh and it's like that that's that movie came out at a time where I didn't even know any of those songs were real songs because they were all like 80s and 90s ish sort of songs I thought I honestly thought they wrote it for the movie it was so stupid but it was all but the music lover that I am I put it all over my CD holder I would love to do more nostalgic product stuff that's a good (laughs) idea I'm specifically interested interested in your brand loyalty to Five Star? Loved Is it. Is that a yeah. subsidiary of Mead? Did you not have Five Star? I did, but I'm trying. I'm- Is that the brand or is it like Mead Five Star? It could be Mead Five Star, but what I remember most was that it was like a little puffy. I'm looking it up right now. Like, I don't, you know, it's funny because you think 
it really just depends on what the cool gals were doing in the day. And it, it was like, like a space maker pencil holders. You remember space makers? They it, yeah. it said like space maker all kooky on the top and it was kind of like had yes. a bubble pattern. And yes. you, I mean, there's just that's the thing is like brands run our lives, whether we like it or not. And like things become status symbols. And it, I think what's so interesting is like in the era of pre-internet, pre information exchange when we're like minors a lot of us have this like liked the same things and the same things were cool and i don't even know i don't even understand how that works i i mean i think it was like magazines and and yeah i mean scholastic like school school supply fairs yeah oh the best i mean i i used to like right you know mid-august when those letters of like who your teacher is going to be in your school supply list would start showing up i was like glued to the mailbox i couldn't wait i there was nothing better to me than like a new binder and i often would like change out my binders it was very like mm. new i would do like a new year new me like every four weeks and i was just gonna say the, the new school year school supply list like be- mm. pretending you're going to be a new person with this organizational system with binder tabs yeah with, like paper protectors like that was the original new year new me and us convincing ourselves that this is the year we're going to make serious changes oh, and yeah. be the best version of ourselves and all of Never your september stops. notes and your assignment pads or whatever would be like in your best bubble handwriting and then slowly yes. it would become like chicken scratch over the years but like Oh, yeah. My ADD brain was like the first three weeks of school. It was like I would write down all my homework assignments. There'd be like no questions. And like by October, I was like, well, we had homework. Huh? I left it home. Like <laughs> I I was very committed. But also the, the the in the ways I haven't changed, I always thought like, well, if I have this binder like this is going mm-hmm. to be the thing because there's pen holder in it. There's a pen holder in it. I can put mm-hmm. my ruler in the binder. It zips up. Like I'll be, yeah, right. The dividers and then I'll label and everything will be great. Like, it's like, I don't know. I have like 10 blank notebooks sitting on my desk and I bought each of them thinking like this notebook and that lives on into my thirties. So we never really change. We don't. And I like just really did not, I have a lot of binder enthusiasm myself and it just Mm. did not carry over to me for me professionally with a pad folio. Which seems like right. something I would like, but really, I have no practical usage for a pad folio. I don't think anyone did, except anyone. I, I did have one for when I went on like the first couple interviews, like job interviews. I know it's like out embar- of college. I'm like embarrassed for myself thinking Sam. about a young me in a New York and <laughs> Company suit skirt. with a pad yeah. folio. <laughs> and a pencil, me and skirt, a pencil skirt is the biggest crack of all like that is me cosplaying someone I am not I do not like pencil skirts oh yeah no I never oh no I and pencil skirts and like and like uh round toe heels mm-hmm. and a blazer that did not match the pencil skirt like they were not to they were not purchased together so they were like different shades of black like a little off and then like a nice right. work blouse from Ann Taylor that my mom like would make me buy that never, that always, like, like if you're busty, that, that just never buttoned. No. It was closed like a, and It full. was just, like, tits out for this job. <laughs> yeah. Tits out. Bad folio out. I wanted I, a Palm Pilot. Did you ever get into a zone where you're like, I need a Palm Pilot to take to keep track of all my commitments? I, I knew I would never keep track of that stylus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did F with a lot of Blackberries per the RIP Blackberry this week. I love a BlackBerry. I still have Loved. my old ones. I, it's they're. I love the feeling of the rolly ball. Yep. I loved BBM. BBM. Yep. Oh, I, I. 
were you, you know, a, a world girl right exactly were you a blackberry world girl which one was your blackberry of choice you know how they have like the different sizes i would just break them lose them and buy new ones on craigslist like i was in a huge cycle of craigslist blackberries when i lived in new york <laughs> Oh, you and I are very similar. I was known in my dorm of of being the person who had like a new phone every three weeks because it was not a new phone, new me. I was like, yeah, new phone, new who's a new well, phone? The, who's this? It's me. And it's the magic new. of the BlackBerry, too, was um, like, you know, when you wanted somebody to text you and you were waiting for a text and like you'd feel a phantom buzz in your pocket. I would put my phone across the room and the BlackBerry had the red light and I would just sit wait wish hope for that red light to blink oh yeah oh my gosh yeah oh i forgot about the red light like an iphone the whole screen lights up it just it's lost its luster for me but that subtle red notification that someone somewhere is thinking about you just yeah it warms my heart it was like the aim thing when you would hear like the buddy door open and you'd be like, like, oh my God. And and do you remember putting on different, uh, like alerts for like different people? So like if my crush signed on, like it mood. So I knew I could like run back to the computer (laughs) and be like, oh, Hey, yeah, I was just hanging. I was just got here too. Um, I I made a lifestyle out of making myself go idle all the time because the, the most popular girls are busy. And mm. I was at home and but like my family couldn't nobody could touch the computer. I'd put the mouse in the bottom corner of the screen and I needed people to know that I had not been home for eight plus hours. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I envied people like you. So that tra- <laughs> that tracks that. Yeah, I knew that behavior. And just and what would your what would your away message be in those times? Um, I really I often think back to this one because it's kind of a bummer. Mm. It's a song by a little band called Train. Mm. Uh, And (laughs) you see her confidence is tragic, but her intuition (laughs) magic. (laughs) Like, yikes, yikes, yikes. You were like, got to put that one up. And what was the font that, that came along with her confidence is tragic, but her intuition is magic? I think kind of like an Ariana Grande sweetener, that sort of quote belongs with the melancholy of a lack of capitalization, where something more playful, like to one person, you know, you may, to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, one you, may, person be you world, may be the world, deserves more like alternating caps uh, and like asterisk squiggly colors. Yeah, yeah. I did love a tiny black font, like so small, because I'm so small and I don't take up any space and neither does my font. Um, Absolutely. Well, you you really you pulled something deep out of the depths of my repressed high school memories when you were talking about your winter by Sister Hazel, uh, because that was in a big away message for me. Especially high champagne and champagne high. Where would I be without without you wondering wondering why? I mean, really, I was like, when you when you post it, like there are so few songs that can you can go that long. Like you listen to them so much and then all of a sudden the day comes and you never listen to it again. And you go 10 years and you don't think about it and you don't remember it. And then all of a sudden you hear it and you're like, why do I know all the words to this song? Like. Oh, yeah. I, oh, spring turns to summer and winter turns to oh. oh. That's like pop, That's like maybe one of the best breakup anthems of all time that nobody talks about because I don't think it was a single. And I don't no. really remember me like 
It's just, it's also funny that you and I were like huge fans of the unreleased like side non-singles of a sister Hazel yeah album. the b-side <laughs> yeah, the B-side of, of sister Hazel. Hazel did anyone else reach I mean I share with people Jay because you have a big following but did like was that did, was it my was were we minority of like oh yeah champagne high the people that got it got it listen mm. to tiktok sound like the girls that get it get it like it people it's either so important to somebody or you've never heard it there's no sure. in between you're not yeah. you're not a passive listener of the b-side you had to pretty you had to commit at that point i think your Mm -hmm. but it was called your winter right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 right exactly i don't know i fancied myself like very deep at 15 uh oh yeah of course wrote like a lot of letters to boys and did you journal I did. Yeah, I did journal. Um, It didn't last long because I was more I didn't love that. Like I was the only one reading it again. Drama queen. (laughs) I I wanted it to be a little more public. Like I had a live journal, but I wasn't really like that. I I had moved past place from that. I did have a journal. I wish I could find it. I did keep extremely specific tabs on myself in ninth grade and I would really love to know where the fuck that journal is because I fe- I've not been able to find it at my parents house and I don't know where it went but like yeah I and I recorded every mundane detail and like did a lot of shorthand so I'd be like what's up journal it's me like pen 15 hits hard when I watch it so I think one of the funniest thing well per our conversation earlier to loop it back fully yeah. uh what you just articulated, the boringness of a journal that you're the only one that reads. I mean, this is really your opportunity to have an audible diary of sorts and excavate your own life on the airwaves. But also, I think what's funny about journals is people like me, and I would I would project this onto you, that are kind of enter- have like a little bit of an entertainer or attempt, you know, like I try, even back then, I actually wrote fully expecting somebody else to read it and wanting them to know how great I am. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) was not honest. It was produced. So you would lie to your journal? A hundred percent. Yes. I wrote it in a voice of somebody. I like thought about myself dying and this would be my legacy it's so weird <laughs> but I think it's... that's very normal and I did that too <laughs> and maybe you just were not normal people but I think when you're young and like yeah and like I don't know yeah wasn't there there was something that went viral like a couple months ago about how or maybe it was a conversation I, I have no idea but how someone was like someone made a comment and maybe it was a pen 15 skit where they were like what if I'm the next Anne Frank and someone reads my diary? But like the, of course, reason why Anne Frank's diary is so widely known is because of the circumstances of Anne Frank's life and not just because she was a 13 year old who wrote a journal. So like while you're like, you're like all of your problems seem as big as the Holocaust, though they are not. But when you're 13, you're like, yeah, maybe... Uh, maybe this will be assigned reading one day in class. I, I, I think a lot of people <laughs> had the impression that your writing could be like historical because, right. yeah, you're too dense to realize the magnitude of why Anne Frank's right. diary got so popular. But then you had like the Dear America series, <laughs> right, exactly, which were also written in a diary format. And so it kind of opened up the narrative to be like, maybe what I'm doing right now is historic. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, anything. Right. And Amelia's notebook and 
all of yeah. those i loved amelia's notebook i loved the like the the washi tape uh visual of things that she'd put in there and harriet the spy i loved all of that oh my god harriet the spy culture I, I got caught on my neighbor's porch looking in their window with a notepad. <laughs> that is, that's Ill, like illegal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what what happened when you got caught? What was the, what happened? I, I, I just think my mom was like, you can't do like that. You can't trespass. And I was like, but I have to get the scoop. And like Harriet, I, it, it, what it did present like, because what she was doing was trespassing. Yeah. She was spying. And spying on people. And, like, they never really clarified that that wasn't an after-school activity. You're so right. Like, the lesson of... There is a... The whole apex... The whole crux of this story is that she loses all of her friends. And, like, all mm-hmm. of her friends are like, you wrote really mean shit about us. Like, like what was his name what was her friend's name the boy like scooter like and she wrote that hard he wrote that she wrote that horrible thing about him and she was like his dad's like a loser and he doesn't have a job and like it was horrible and for some reason the takeaway of an entire generation was i'm gonna have a diary where i write shit about people (laughs) (laughs) like the lesson just went like whoop out the window with that one me like mean girls made me meaner yeah yeah, like we were taking notes. We we're like, oh, this is interesting. Like call Planned Parent, like call someone, call your enemy's mother pretending to be Planned Parenthood and saying we got the results of the test back. I was like, that's funny. Okay. We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> so for for Christmas, I got myself and my sister and sister-in-law like vintage board games because I'm just yes. obsessed with how I did not grow up playing with STEM toys. I just got in, you played Mall Madness. <laughs> you and uh, one of the games I bought was Girl Talk. And there's a f- several funny things about Girl Talk. One being it's a game. Well, it's just it's a game of truth or dare. And if you don't do the truth or the dare, the consequence is to put a zit on your face. There are zit stickers. And, and the consequence of, like, not doing something mean and you getting, like, uglier with this, like, fake blood. I mean, it's so bizarre, one. But, two, the dares are like that. It's like it. It was almost exclusively prank calling and doing kind of mean stuff to other people in the totally. name of truth or dare culture. And I just I, I got anxious even reading the board because I, I'm a I'm a truther. Like okay. if I'm playing truth or dare, I am always picking truth because you know what you can do? Omit things and not tell the full truth. Yeah, and no one I will never ever knew know. that. I never knew that you could lie. <laughs> <laughs> as part of truth or dare but also the only question that anyone ever asked was who do you like At- right and i didn't want to i know and that's a lot of pressure too and also you and you really can't and you and sometimes you're like i don't like anybody and they're like no you have to say someone and you're like <laughs> right. okay michael s um <laughs> <laughs> but the rush of hearing somebody liked you uh I just compared to a Mario star, like you just take off. Like I, there was really nothing mm. like that. And it didn't yeah. happen that often, but what a thrill, what a time. Like it, it's, it's almost funny how official that statement would have to be of like labeling yourself as liking somebody. It was huge. And it was also like, it was not even, it couldn't just be like a standalone fact. It was like, all right, well now we have to tell him, we have to see how he <laughs> feels about you. Right. And then my friend's going to ask if he wants to go out with you and then you're going to call him and uh, now you're hit the boy. I had um, I had one of the worst, most embarrassing 
uh, moments of my life took place during a truth or dare game in fourth grade at Rachel G's birthday party where there were like 25 girls and two things happened that night. Once one is that we were going to watch clueless and I literally like raised my hand and was like, I'm not allowed to watch PG 13 movies. And so like, cause I like could not <laughs> what, even mark. I know. So <laughs> lame. And then, and then they dared I during truth or dare I got dared to pick my nose and I wouldn't do it. I was like, no, like I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I would not pick my nose. And then I called everyone a bitch and I, <laughs> and I went upstairs and like slept in the guest room. You know how like sometimes like at a party you like go up. I slept oh, in the yeah. guest room and I was like, I had, I mean, look, is the drama queen thing not making sense? Like I, they go, Caroline, we dare you to pick your nose. And I was like, fuck all of you. And I was eight. Um, but went upstairs, slept in the guest room and then woke up in the middle of the night with the stomach bug and leaned over the guest bed and threw up on the floor, except on the floor was another girl at the party who had come up to sleep. <gasps> I, <laughs> Yeah, I threw up on someone. You know how <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It was horrible, and I felt it was bad, <laughs> bad. Really, it was really bad. That and you was know, such a that was so many events. That lot of yeah. You think you're at the top of the mountain, and then you keep going no. on that story. But you know, if if like I, uh, there are things about people that I grew up with that I remember that I'm sure that they would be horrified to know. Like, oh, that's what. That's what you remember about me. And I promise you that there are people out there who are like, oh, Caroline Moss. Yeah. When she threw up on like Stacy at Rachel G's party after she called us all bitch. And that's it. That's all I left with. That yes. was my whole thing. What was your, I what would be yours? A, I, I think that's such an interesting thing. I actually think about that a lot because especially the more public stuff you do, you think about what's everyone's like one anecdote of you. And it, it's kind of in I, I was thinking about this the other day because I was crowdsourcing stories about people going to like church camps for the wrong reasons to find a boyfriend. And um, <laughs> <laughs> what else do you go there for? I mean, I get it. I get it. And I like th this is like so bad. But I there's just I was thinking about this one girl. Uh, this is dark who like we were in a circle talking about like sexual immorality in the context of like a, you know, evangelical like southern church and them yep. basically trying to get us to, like admit creepy things and she like started bawling and this is such a weird term i haven't thought of in years for going to sloppy seconds with a boy <gasps> she let him she let him lick her arms <laughs> i know and i was like i was like what is that term that is something an adult would never say and no. every time i think of her i think of that and i'm yes. like how weird is it that i this is this anecdote is out there floating in my brain still and i hate that for her Yes, because she is a fully formed adult, just like all of us. She has, she has learned. She has grown. She's had setbacks. She's had successes. She has interests, right. and she is still. That's all you sloppy think about. Seconds. She's sloppy, <laughs> sloppy second Sarah, and I really think that is so terrifying to me. It's, I mean, the, here's the thing, though. That Rachel G sleepover. Yeah. It, the, 20, if there were 24 people there, that's that just the Gods function of in my favor. Yeah, uh -huh. the, no, I know. that could be a so you you detailing that night could be 
one of your first solo episodes. You call it Rachel G. Thanks, just bought it. <laughs> and you I'm map just, out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but then I'm just becoming be there and fine. It's like, and also the product you should buy. But yeah, I, right. I really could. Look, like, is there a product that will help? Look, should we all be sleeping next to uh, a bowl next to our bed? Should My we? favorite bedpan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Where's your barf bag? Um, uh, well, that being said, no. So I feel a lot better going into this. I feel like I have your blood blessing which I appreciate and I feel like there is something there with anecdotes tied into shopping though I cannot pin one on Rachel G's sleepover except that the movie that we did watch because I said we couldn't watch Clueless there was one other girl there who said she wasn't allowed to watch Clueless I was not the only soldier was we watched Coneheads like which remember Coneheads mm-hmm. not of as course good as the way they had sex was touching heads yeah and, <laughs> and they that slept was upside down more appropriate for me <laughs> I'm like I can watch that it's fine um but but I have to ask you before we end our episode I know that you are still on your air wrap journey and I would mm. your hair looked wonderful when you Instagrammed it and I know you're having trouble finding the long barrels can you update us all on how you feel about the air wrap if you're putting too much into it because of how much it costs I'd love to know where your head's at as I feel very deeply personally invested <laughs> I think with the air wrap uh we don't talk enough about the other attachments mm. I I I wanted to be blown away so badly by the swirly one and it, and I just I my hair is very long. I need the long barrels. I just for you it do. to even work okay. and they're sold out. So I can't I can't give you an accurate portrayal of that journey, but uh over break I used I still talk about Christmas break like it's I don't know what I'm talking about. I just like went to see my parents. <laughs> right. But yeah, over, you're like I brought seven over, break. over Christmas break. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And um I started using the volumizing brush and the round brush and it's I just I like the way it dries my hair period okay. that I'm satisfied with those attachments while I wait for the longer barrels and the one way I do like using the barrels is by wrapping it like it's a wand and not using how it's intended oh. but if it's if it's a little damp it stays and it's almost this like perfect double bend um that I actually quite like so I saw that on YouTube and uh that's been a really effective way to use the air wrap for me. The YouTube tutorials really cannot be uh, stated enough that they are very helpful. They are very because helpful. Because this thing reacts differently to everyone's hair. That's it's why it, they're so, it's so hard to achieve consensus. And uh, like we talked about on my episode, it, for some people, it makes their routine so much more efficient. For my hair type, it doubles my routine. Interesting. Okay, well, that was I was not expecting because mine definitely has cut mine down in half. But I guess is it because of like the desired style? I think so. I don't. Ha- I think that if you have coarse hair, that you have to dry and then heat treat again. You're doing everything in one pass with the air wrap. Okay, but like my hair dries really quickly and it dries straight. So oh, okay. It's not a lot of labor for me to like rough dry and it, and to go through it with a curling iron takes like two seconds. And I'm not, that's not a flex. I just, I have huh. thin kind of limp hair. It's sure. not exciting. It's just uh, dries quickly. So, but I think for people with curly hair or like more coarse hair, it's, it's saving two steps by drying and curling. That is so interesting. Cause you, I mean, from 
looking at you, I would think your hair was very thick and that you it's had a thick, lot of it. It's but it's fine. Interesting. I, I don't know how to explain to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. I'm just kind of, it's thick, but it's fine. I just, it's I feel thick, like that's it's such fine. a, <laughs> it's, a it's, me thing. it's just, yeah, it's just, but it's, um, I, 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 I'm not returning it is, I okay. guess, the important thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a lead on some long barrels that are unwanted from an Instagram follower. I hope it's nice. not a scam. <laughs> they have one they follower and no user picture and they need you to wire. Just need you a new wire place. Yeah, I honestly, if you can find them, I mean, I'm uh, certain you can find them on eBay or Mercari or like a Poshmark situation. Maybe someone's I know. getting rid I, of them. Uh, to be fair, I haven't looked hard enough. Okay. Um, but yeah, I... I'm going to stick with it. I trust you. I think that there is a big learning curve. That would be my only watch out for people, especially people that are busy, is that somebody like me has a lot of time to sink into technique, and I do my hair a lot, and I'm still struggling. I just want people who are spending their hard-earned money on such a pricey thing to realize, like, you're going to have to teach yourself how to use that, and it's not going to be everything to you upon first try. Yeah, that goes for anything. But, like, this is not – once you get it, you will get it. Um but it's the same thing using a regular hair dryer and like a round brush, you know, I mean, like it's all it's true. But I also I also do think that if you have your own, if you like your hair and you like the way that you do it, I always I tell people, like, don't switch up your routine if you're not looking to like nothing you yeah. buy is going to change right. something that you already like doing, regardless of whether it's like the new cool thing or whatever. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm glad you're not returning it. I want I want you to get to a place of it being more efficient than your regular routine. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm getting into I want to try the heatless curls next i don't think they're gonna work for me but i if i get served one more instagram they're, they're gonna get me it's like that oh that like crown you, on your yeah. head and then you like i don't buy it. that for a second i don't either but i need to know i need to know it's like the other night i tried magic spoon cereal and i was like this is the most disgusting thing i've ever tasted okay, i like it Oh my God! What? Why do you like it? What is it about okay. it? It tastes like communion. <laughs> it tastes, tastes like, like the body host. of Christ. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. What's funny about Magic Spoon is they like offered to do some partnership, and I turned it down because of the optics. Because too, so many influencers talk about it that I was like, no one would trust me if I hawked Magic Spoon. That's right. But then I tried it as a result, and I actually liked it. And I, but I was too embarrassed to tell people. <laughs> I liked it. Okay. Because I, I, I love I sugar cereal. I I yeah. genuinely love eating cereal. Um, I love back-of-the-box culture. You know, I, I grew that. up eating lots of cereal. And an adult can't sustainably eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch every morning. And I think since I like the act of milk and a crunchy vehicle, if I can, you know, soften up the body of Christ with some stevia, 
uh, <laughs> it's palatable. And I like the act of cereal eating. And it, I, it's just less sugary than everything else. I get that. But why wouldn't you just then like... I, I don't know. I don't see like an issue with being like, I'm going to have a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch, knowing that I'll probably have to eat something else to keep me feeling full. Like, does it like, is there protein right. in it? Like, what's the deal? Like, it just was like, not doing Honestly, it for me. I think that like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't eat it habitually. I mean, it is like $35 for four boxes. So yeah. that's not really sustainable either. Yeah. But I, I I don't I would never hawk it as like a way to as like a diet product. Like I think it's insane if people are using it as a substitute to eat every single day instead of sugar cereal because it's not giving you anything substantive. Sure. Um but yeah, just I I don't know. I guess maybe I also felt self-conscious as a grown woman eating a bowl of tricks. Okay. <laughs> See, I say go for it. I love cereal so much. I didn't grow up in a family where we were allowed to eat that kind of cereal unless it was like a special occasion or for like for dessert. So sometimes mm. I still at 34 get my jollies from like getting a big box of cinnamon toast crunch and no one can tell me that I can't have it for breakfast. Uh, I still kept eating it with the shrimp thing. Oh yeah, sure. Undeterred. I'm, I'm no undeterred. I don't believe I don't, I'm like fake news. You can't No, I love it. That was it a weird never story me. with Topanga's husband. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. And then they started doing like all these weird viral videos where I was like, was this like a weird PR? Like that was like in the beginning of the pandemic, right? When everyone was like extremely unhinged and doing like live videos. Like constantly. I think it was like April 2020. No, this is April 2021. No, really? Not, okay. Yeah, it was not 2020. Okay, oh, my God. Oh, um, my God. I'm just looking at shrimp. A guy found shrimp in his cereal. Yeah, I'm like, all right. I'm good. What's the date? Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. March 25th, 2021. Oh, the time. That And that's also unhinged behavior for a year into the pandemic. Like, have some respect. You know what I mean? Like, get it together. I don't Wait, like who that. Who should have respect? The guy with the cinnamon toast crunch or us and being interested in it? The guy with the cinnamon toast crunch, if he's trying to pull a fast one a year into a pandemic, oh. read the room. Don't try to ruin yes. the small joys we have, like cinnamon toast crunch. Also, if I found a shrimp tail, I'd be like, all right, well, I like shrimp too. Just not, you know, not together. And I'll just put you over here and continue on with my day. I mean, also, I do I do fantasize about like what it would be like to be one of those people that's like, I found a finger in my chicken nuggets. And like, do I get a big payout from that? You know? And I think that that's what he was going uh, right. for. Right. But I think that, well, yeah, okay, so that was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. What happened was Cinnamon Toast, Toast Crunch Shrimp was March 23rd, and then March 25th, that ship got stuck in the Suez Canal. So then we got distracted and stopped talking about it. Oh. The the supply chain stole yeah. the show. Remember that one ship that, yeah. I remember, because everyone, because <clears throat> I was like, oh, the Suez Canal Luanne de Lesseps, you know, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, because Count, Count de Lesseps' family built the Suez Canal. <laughs> That's the only I remember thing her I saying in the episode, have you heard of the Suez Canal? Yeah. Like, yes, she's like, bitch. Like, <laughs> she's trying, she goes, this is a really fun one. Okay, you ready for this? Have you heard of the Suez Canal? That's what she says. And all these kids are like, I don't know, maybe, you know, she's like, 
<laughs> okay, well, my husband's family built it. Um, is that when she was in, insulting people and that and teaching them how to give it? Oh, that was so bad. I can never even I do a man I do many a rewatch, especially in the in the pandemic. It's been a very big comfort to me. I still have never watched that scene again because it is so horrible. In the first season of Real Housewives of New York, Luann does some like volunteer program Ugh. with um students at like uh an under like an underprivileged part of the city and she's like saying all of the wrong things and one of and she's going and she's going around the room and she's like what she asks everybody like what their favorite part about themselves are and like every, all the kids get to to quote the kids they uh, they understood the assignment and they say like I love my personality like I love my sense of humor and she goes I think I'm just have I'm just like a, I have a lot of fun I like to have a lot of fun and I think I have great eyes <laughs> And then she says, what does everyone want to be when they grow up? And one of the girls says, I want to be a model. And she goes, a model. And you're young. You can lose the weight. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's it. Psychotic. I'm like, I'm like, like my brain, like, just like leaves my body. It's horrible. That that scene and the scene where Cyclone, the dance teacher, comes and teaches her son how to break dance are two of the cringe scenes that are tough for me. The cringiest. In <laughs> season one. Oh, it's so bad. Right. Yes. Yeah, he's like, she's like, Noelle loves break dancing. So I thought, how about we get a break dance instructor to come teach her? And, they, and he's just like rolling around on the floor and the instructor finally goes, congratulations. <laughs> like the their graystone. Yeah. <laughs> Or how, or how, oh God, I mean, here we go again on our, our housewives tangent, but remember when they have that um, cleaning lady, Rosie, and like Rosie is yes. clearly like raising her children and like her children like clearly love Rosie and like do not love Louie. Like they feel like a motherly bond to Rosie and Rosie goes away to visit her family in the Philippines and comes back after two months, comes right through the door. And it's clear like she just got back and she was just coming over to say hi. And Luann's like, maybe while you're here, you could do some laundry. Like she is not there to work. And Luann like puts her to work. It's I, don't, I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, yeah. I've watched it. I've, wa- I've rewatched season one because I think it's like a nice bedtime story. But every time I watch, I'm like, oh, the dynamics between like this was also again. 2007 where people were not like ashamed of like how shitty they were treating like their their essentially their staff their their employees who ran their houses for them and pretended like these people were just here like oh they do a load of laundry here and there this woman was clearly like running this household and Luann was like oh pickles did yeah like pickles did for Sonia Oh my gosh, God! I mean, we could do a, a whole thing on housewives, but this where has given pickles? me. God, where is pickles? Where's Millsaps? Where's? Do you remember? Oh my! Do you have like one? And and look, I only do this in because there was someone who left a comment after our episode where we talked so much about housewives, and she was like, "I am not here to hear about housewives," and I was like, "Then you are not at the right place. This is a free podcast, and I'm talking about what it's I a want. free podcast." Do you have like a favorite? housewives any season like any line in your head that just replays over and over again like any moment and not and maybe it's not like a moment that always gets talked about maybe it's not a viva and the leg it's not Teresa and the table it's like something that like right for, it's a it's a thing that for you is very funny and I'm trying to 
I feel like uh, the ones that come to your head are the ones that almost get uh, a little too, like, memefied. Like, I, I have trouble separating my memories from, like, the stuff that's popular. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the true, like, sadness and despair, and this is, like, newer. I, mm. I don't think we talk about, like, the, the true humiliation of Tinsley and the Big Apple Circus enough. And how excited Ooh. she was for that. And her weird clown outfit and her crying to her mother about, like, her fertility. It was just, like, to have that conversation dressed like a literal clown for this gig you're so amped for when you used to be the darling of New York society is dark. That is so true. I've never thought about it that way. And all the women, like, get wasted and, like, leave halfway through the circus. Yeah, and she's like, this is my night at the Big Apple Circus. Yeah. And everyone's like, Exactly. <laughs> doesn't matter (laughs) and the fact that dale flew in for it it's just oh you're right it's kind of yeah it was a circus but i um i don't know i just i love i like i think we've talked about this i am the biggest alex mccord fan yes the it's just nice to be photographed like i love the I love the thirstiness. I love Francois. I love like they were just so weird and sad and um, I, I kind of was here for the desperation. Um, I loved that. But yeah, I, I kind of, I think early New York and Beverly Hills are just the best. Beverly Hills early is so dark. New York is like so weird. And I love the Alex and Simon scenes where they're going shopping in the Hamptons and they're like, at, <laughs> oh my God. So this would be, this would be like one of mine, like a line that like just sticks out forever. They're in that store and they're trying on all these outfits and they're like, Simon and I are very into fashion. It's like the ugliest shit you've ever seen. They are, they are taking out like nine bags. It's like very Pollyanna when she goes to like buy all of her new clothes and they like leave with like a truck full. And the owner of the store who like knew he was being filmed that day is like, as they're on their way out, they're like, he's like, Alex, Simon, puff daddy's party later. And they're like, yeah, call us. And then they like leave. And Simon's going, like oh, trying to open the trunk to put the packages in and his like key fob won't work so he's like <clears throat> like they're just, like, just very funny it's very funny i'm constantly thinking about heather going like hey mama oh. hey adam um that's the thing that, that was- i in my head just lives on i love it I know. I well, I think about that, but then I'm also like, I wonder how her son's ears are doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, you grow attached to people, and then you just they drop off, and you hear nothing. But I do, I do frequent some yummy tummy at the Nordstrom Rack. Oh yeah, we do love a yummy tummy. She sold that company too, or when she was like, my friend helped me name yummy tummy, and I told her when I sell my company, I'm buying her a car, and she like because she like <laughs> yelled it. She was like, Bethany, what? Luann helped you name Skinny Girl and you won't buy her a Rolex? And Bethany was like, she did not help me name Skinny Girl. (laughs) That's right. And Luann was like, I didn't help you name it. I was just there. And she was like, you were there when I ordered it. It's not the same thing. (laughs) Man, I love those women. They are crazy. They are Um, really crazy. And I miss them. Heather Gay also just bought her uh, Beauty Lab and Laser cohort a car. On the last episode of Salt Lake. Oh my gosh, I have not visited Salt Lake yet this season. I'm waiting till it's <gasps> over so I can fully binge. I know. I, I want to hear about um, the charrette. I respect and, that. I respect that. But I am really into OC again. I know now that they've gotten rid of Kelly Dodd and they've revamped the cast a little bit. They've brought some like real. And I love Heather, and I'm happy Heather's back. And I want to. She has a screenwriter. Like her that speech where she was like, "And that is not a threat." 
it's a promise. Yes. I was like, she rehearsed that so hard. Yes. Like she did that scene for Hot in Cleveland. Yes. I'm just, I'm, I am I don't need Heather Page Kent back. I yeah. want Heather Dubrow. <laughs> no, and I felt like Hawaii irritated five, no. by the acting. Yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> no. I get it. I get it. I love her kids. I love that their house Same. is like a 600,000 square feet. Terry's face is insane. And... But I he wears see, a bomber jacket to bed. Incredible. He's the Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> of men going to bed. Like he's like in a motorcycle boot, like just reading love letters from great men in his bed. And but I honestly, I forever stan and love and can do no wrong Shannon Bador. And she's getting a bad edit this season. She's the villain. A really bad edit. Uh-huh. I know. I remember the first season. I hated her because she was trying so hard to be like. I don't do this. I'm not this person. And then she finally, when she was finally herself, it was so delightful. I know. Um, I love. But uh, yeah, watching her try to build her business is a bit tough. I think I'm I'm a little over the housewife business, as if I'm honest. Uh, watching, I, I was out once. Jules Weinstein tried to make those elixirs. Yeah, the <laughs> the Apotec. <laughs> like yes. elixirs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jules Weinstein. You know, I, I get it, Bethany got a nut and right you know you're a part of a very small group of women who have this opportunity but like you know who else has a nut who did like a good job oh well the the other storyline i love and that never really gets talked about is when sonia when heather tries to help creative direct sonia's toaster oven campaign oh god yeah and sonia's like i just think it's like with with like a j but people think it's like a y so we want it to be like a sexy jet and it just goes on for like three episodes and i'm like riveted who else got in who else did like a great i don't know i mean i'm trying to think i like, saw, i think there's a conspiracy with rms fashions that i want to uncover i just i don't understand how it leftover merchandise got her that hamptons home and then true true faith Christian jewelry carried them over for their city pied a terre. And then mm-hmm. like after her divorce, she hasn't like doesn't I think her housewives is her job. I just am really interested in the origin of her business and that nest egg she had, because she's clearly successful and did well, but she we only saw her working in a nondescript office building like one time. Yeah, with like a bill a bulletin board and like a few push pins and like papers and it's like they like set the scene. Yeah, I don't really know because both her and Jacqueline Larita from New Jersey's husband had similar businesses where you like buy excess stuff and then resell it. Yeah. But I'm like, that doesn't make you like so, so rich. So either she maybe had like a good investment plan or like something is amiss. I also don't know what kind of money Mario came from. I also don't. So because my understanding is like she's the middleman between like you know clothing manufacturers and like a big lots or a marshall's or a ross dress right for less. right but- and maybe brokering that is where the money's at but yeah i just everyone else's job is like a part of the storyline but hers just never was and i well I now know. she's a real estate agent that's like her new ramona thing. yeah she's getting into real estate oh that's tough that's I mean, interesting i mean it- not, not not tough to be in real estate but like to, it's kind of like without housewives she's like are people having to find careers yeah definitely i think the writing is on the wall and i think that like you know the lifestyle i I think she's probably i think ramona is probably not long for this world i know they're bringing her back for another season but i cannot watch her anymore on television it's too much but like 
I don't know. Um, and also, did anyone? Oh, Lisa Rinna, I guess. But she's always been like a hustler. And I feel like there were, there's some like huge thing we're missing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would love. I mean, if you could snorkel into the business of being a housewife, I would love that. There, yeah. I'm like, who are we missing that? Like Someone. obviously Beverly Beach ceases to exist. <laughs> and then we did the wedding dresses. Uh, right, like the woman. <laughs> The pearl. The woman. <laughs> I, and I the had moment. the audacity to say I thought PK was good at it. <laughs> I Look, PK got a great season in season 11. He did. PK was the one. If if you have a season where ever, every episode I'm like, well, you know, PK was correct. Something has gone amiss with the production. <laughs> when they ate edibles or whatever, I think they, they were like, hi, talking about uh erica Girardi's like fake storyline that was like such a funny charming scene with the husbands and i never want the husbands in a scene never never no they're and they're always there and oh god well did you watch kathy hilton's um architectural ad no oh she had a oh they did like a, a tour of her house on christmas and it's like so kathy she's like this is my tree and i have only uh you know water <laughs> Water, water uh, it's water. Yeah, it's exactly. water for crystal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Michael Jackson gave me this toy chest. It's from Neverland. It's like, oh, my Kathy, like how many lives have you lived? She's like, you know, Patrick, I only have two hands. I am not an octopus. Like, I really just love <laughs> I love Kathy. I would just watch Kathy over and over again. Anyway, I think the most disappointing thing I've learned about those AD tours is like, like, you know, the infamous Dakota Johnson in the limes scene? Yeah. Her being yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. just love limes. She, they were they were staged. They were placed there. She doesn't love limes and she doesn't keep them in her kitchen. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. It's like MTV Cribs where they're like, here's my fridge. And it's like 9,000 Gatorades and like a bunch of like <laughs> cheese. It's like a bunch of uh, polio string cheese. And it's like we get a lot it. Of Perrier. <laughs> A lot of Perrier. They love a sparkling water. I know. And I want a whole Heather DeBrow house tour, too. I don't... Remember when Shannon had her greenhouse? Like, she built her house, like, eco-friendly. Oh, God, But then yeah. she was like, yeah, I drive an Escalade. <laughs> it's very... It's wild. It was insanely... It, I think that, like, it's hard for me to ever enter a bedroom and not think about cribs and people saying this is where the magic happens. This is where the magic happens. It's just happens. like such an important cultural staple. In my beige like McMansion. I know. Kate, we could <laughs> talk forever and I'm looking forward to you coming on the Patreon with me and Nora because I cannot wait to talk about the plastic surgery makeover episodes of reality television. But I the really lighting your clothes on fire. Yes. I really appreciate like I told like I said to you in your DMs, I was like, I used to say to my mom all the time, like, we should put you on what not to wear. And I couldn't understand why she found that so insulting. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, it'll be so much fun. Stacey Lennon will teach you everything. Um, but this was a very helpful episode. I feel like I'm getting ready. I think maybe I will record my first solo episode right after we hang up because my, my I'm still going off the high. But I appreciate that you are on board with this idea and that oh yeah it's a good it's but, it it can be done i mean it clearly can be done i don't know if i mean maybe you're the bethany and i'm jules weinstein <laughs> just trying jules to get weinstein a nut yeah i'm just making apotex sticking forks and calzones yeah exactly. Uh, exactly i feel like i didn't help you very specifically but more so i think what kind of letting even the conversation go off in tangents 
it kind of just shows you there are endless things to talk about, endless things to dig into. And from each pocket of our conversations, I can pick out a brand that we like talked about. Yeah. And I, and I think it all intertwines in a way that you don't have to think of it as product reviews, rather just like your general perspective on like the roles things play in our lives. And like there there's your story. Yeah. I, could, I would listen to you talk about cereal milks. I'll do for it an hour. I mean, know? I have a lot of opinions and then I <laughs> and I could and I would and I will. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think as Kylie Jenner once said, this year is about realizing things. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the podcast doesn't have you can evolve. You know, I want to be mm-hmm. at a place where I listen back to the first few episodes and be like, oh, it was so different. And like, I didn't figure this part out yet. And I want, you know, I want to switch it up a little bit. But I mean, if look, if we can, if we can, if we sold one of you guys out there, a, a mead five star zipper binder mm-hmm. today, I, I will consider it a job well done. And trust me when I tell you there are a lot on eBay, vintage five star <laughs> three ring binders. Uh, Kate, what um, is coming up on Be There in Five so I can let everyone know? to make sure that they tune in for your early 2022. What are we, what are you, what are you snorkeling into this year? What are some of the new topics? Well, now probably a notebook deep dive called be there in five stars uh, (gasps) that I didn't know I needed. Oh, you're so good at puns. You're so good at puns. It's really Um, a talent. It's really a talent. uh, uh, So, uh, I was I've been on TikToks of this like evangelical conference called Passion and mm. I asked people on Instagram if anybody else went to church retreats like looking for a husband when they were 14 and the response was this alarmingly high because I did an episode last year called Pussycat Dull where I had people submit stories of the things they did to make people jealous that were so funny and a way message adjacent per our conversation Fine. and similarly I was like I would love to hear these stories in a churchy context for people that grew up this way of uh the things we did and it's just it's funny stuff like people putting their hands up to worship but like looking out of the corner of their eye to make sure the boy that they liked know that they were like worshiping the hardest it's like that totally you know, it's I love finding um, like time capsules or uh, from the, the doing these things that were supposed to be more deep and meaningful, but kind of just being your shallow young self that you can look back on and laugh and be like, yeah, I was not there for the right reason. So that's uh, John 316 age dream coming up. <laughs> I love that. Um, I also am doing a, 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 a from a follow up to the American Girl book, The Care and Keeping of You, the puberty book, mm-hmm. uh, talking about all the different ways people learn sex ed, which I think is really interesting. That uh, and that's interesting. kind of a little bit more serious because I, I think mine was genuinely traumatizing in the public school system. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, al- always a lot of stuff to talk about with cults and MLMs and nostalgic memories and yeah sometimes we just shoot the shit so i kind of play it week to week but yeah those are a few things coming up i can't wait on the note of doing things to impress people i love that trend on tiktok where people are like not me like when i was 15 doing x y and z to impress and it's like just them and then it like goes right into like what they did and one girl was like not me trying like having a crush on a jewish guy in my school and so this was my uh, like this was on my MySpace or this was some, and it was like the Holocaust is a really horrible thing. <laughs> like, <God. laughs> and like, wow, two Holocaust mentions in this episode, but she like literally went and she's like, there are deniers out there all true, but like in the name of like, are you watching right. my, my Romance. stories about the Holocaust? <laughs> I care so much. It's very funny. And I would love to see that in a church. I'm, I'm excited for 
John 316 Teenage Dream. John 316 Teenage Dream. That's what it is. It doesn't I roll messed, off the tongue. To I messed there. up the pun, but you're so good at it. Kate, thank you so much for coming. And thank you for the Michael Kors watch, by the way. By oh, the you're way. You're so welcome. It is so it is right here in my jewelry drawer. Right top, front, and center. I love it I hope so you much. Wear it while recording your first solo episode, like the boss babe you are. <laughs> I am a and, hashtag boss babe. And lose track of time. The best content is made. When you lose track of time, record yourself in one giant pass. Do not let yourself stop talking and see what happens, and you will be amazed. I I can't wait to listen. I think you're made for this. Okay. I thank you. I appreciate that. I'm ready. I'm, like, ready to go. And I think, think honestly, by the end of it, maybe I'll get my high school to posthumously reinstate my biggest drama queen superlative, (laughs) and I'll get, like, a little playbill insert in this year's (laughs) high school yearbook. Um... Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for where you're going to go this year. Take me snorkeling. I have my flippers on. I'm ready to go. Uh, Is Be There in Five now uh, a Sunday podcast? It is. Okay. So you guys listen on Sundays. I know most all of you already are, but if for some reason you're learning about Kate via me, it could not be possible. Follow like subscribe and listen and kate we will see you on the patreon for sure i cannot wait can't wait thank you so much yay you just listened to another episode of g thanks just bought it edited and mixed by veronica gruba and produced and hosted by me caroline moss in between episodes you can always head to the g thanks instagram at g thanks just bought it pod and the g thanks facebook group to get and give life-changing recommendations of your own Subscribe to our weekly sale and discount emails at gthanks.substack.com. It's free. And you can reach me at caroline at gthanksjustboughtit.com or leave me a message at 424-245-0736 with a product recommendation and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. Gthanks is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our Gthanks content free and accessible to all, consider making a monthly donation of $2 to keep us going at patreon.com slash Gthanks and friends.